Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. Actually, you now. You're right? Actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hate no me on set. You know, yeah, I got to do something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Minasa. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy stuff. The number to call, 347-633-9365. If y'all got to take, y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad January 6, 2015. We're already six days into the brand new year. You uh, gotta love it. Time flies by. I hope uh, you're still on all your resolutions. I noticed a lot of joggers out there as I went out uh, yesterday morning. Streets flooded with joggers. I imagine the gyms will be the same as uh, all those resolutions get hit, but Listen, we were just saying Happy New Year. We're already six days into it. So stay on task with those New Year's resolutions or they can get away from you really, really fast. Next thing you know, it's uh, November and it's Thanksgiving and you didn't do anything that you said you were going to do. Well, coming up on the show today, we'll have our normal uh, high school, college football, NFL football talk, college football recruiting talk, all that good stuff coming up on the show today. But I do have a special guest. And it will be Brett Getz, the owner of South Florida Express, the number one and most recognized seven-on-seven team in the country. He'll join me here to talk about uh, South Florida Express. It is seven-on-seven season, and South Florida Express will be holding their tryouts this weekend at Betty Ferguson Park, which is uh, right down the street from Sun Life Stadium. Uh, and that's going to be Saturday and Sunday beginning at 8 a.m. on Saturday. So we'll uh, have Brett gets on to talk about that and uh, other things concerning South Florida Express and the uh, all-important game of 7-on-7, seven seven, which has taken on an AAU feel uh, similar to what college basketball has got going on. This thing has exploded over the last three, four years, and uh, Brett gets one of the pioneers in the uh, seven-on-seven movement. So he joins me at the top of the next hour. Um, 
So looking forward to that. A couple of things going on uh, in college football. One of the biggest things that I've seen come across the, uh, I guess, the news desk uh, this this uh, Tuesday morning is uh, Jameis Winston coming back to Florida State for 2015. Uh, color me skeptical. Just don't see how something like that happens, but um, I suppose it could. I would like to know the motivation behind something like that. I guess there's maybe, perhaps there's a story there that needs to be told. Nevertheless, that would be good news, I guess, for Florida State. He's definitely a winner. Um, perhaps the way they lost in that Rose Bowl game against Oregon has left a pretty bitter taste in his mouth, and he wants to come back and uh, make right for that. Perhaps it was a, an entire season, an off season of turmoil and bad decisions that were certainly highlighted by the media, some overblown, some of the attention well-deserved on Jameis Winston. You combine that with the high amount of interceptions, and perhaps there is a due amount of skepticism about Jameis Winston, but when you watch him play, obviously he has uh, an NFL arm. He is an NFL quarterback. Uh, So, you know, that's a big decision for him to make. The fact that an announcement like this is coming out, I don't know how much you want to pay attention to something like that. There's just, with Twitter becoming the monster that it is now, uh, you get all kind of things that come out that uh, end up not necessarily being true. So at the end of the day, you've got to end up doing what we've always done, and that is wait for things to come from the horse's mouth. Oddly enough, that's how it's always been, but of late, you get all kinds of rumors and reports. The biggest thing has been the coaches going, you know, where? That's been the biggest rumor thing that's gone on over the last uh, month. All kind of reports of coaches going here and there and everywhere. And, uh, you know, you end up with all kind of good stuff going around. That is not necessarily true. So uh, we've had a whole bunch of that. So until uh, an announcement is made, Along those lines, I'm probably going to be pretty skeptical about the whole Jameis Winston coming back to uh, Florida State thing. I mean, who could fault me for holding out, uh, you know, my my belief on uh, something like that? Also in college football news, Josh Heupel uh, is gone as the offensive coordinator for the uh, Oklahoma Sooners. I don't know how that's going to be characterized. Did he resign? Uh, Did he get fired? Uh, Often in situations like this, uh, resignation is just as good as a firing. Uh, Hypo was a whiz not too long ago. Offenses were humming at Oklahoma, and uh, suddenly things not so good for Hypo. wonder where he'll uh, end up next. And, uh, well, I guess it's being reported that uh, Heupel has indeed been fired, taken right off the staff. Again, I'm going to insist that uh, Oklahoma just wasn't motivated in that game against Clemson. I mean, you beat Oklahoma. I mean, you beat Alabama last year in a bowl game. That was a really big high for uh, the majority of the players that were on this team, then you come back the next year and you've got Clemson, which, you know, is not a slouch, obviously, but it's not Alabama. It's not the Sugar Bowl. 
and uh, it was, it, you know, probably viewed as a step down. Players weren't all that motivated, and uh, you got what you got, which was a, a woodshed deal, 40-6. to six. So, hey, that's how it, uh, that's how it rolls. Hypo out. Uh, going to be very interesting to see who comes in. Please queue up uh, all of your tweets as to who the next guy is. There will be confirmations and uh, pretty strong um, pretty strong indications of who it will be. There will probably also be confirmed reports that are not confirmed about who the next offensive coordinator is going to be at Oklahoma. I'm sure it's something that will be uh, widely watched and uh, reported on. So uh, that's uh, one of the bigger stories that are out in college football today. And, uh, you know, other stories that we've got, Texas Tech is going to announce the uh, Houston defensive coordinator, is uh, going to now be their defensive coordinator. Good luck to you out there at Texas Tech in that past happy town. I don't know. How do you even measure success at places like Texas Tech if you're a defensive coordinator? Uh, you're going to have your hands full keeping teams under four touchdowns considering your offense uh, wants very little to do with running the ball, and they're going to just throw the ball and throw it and throw it and throw it. And so here are the two things that happen to you as a defensive coordinator when you're at a school like Texas Tech that's very pass-happy. Your uh, offense is going to score a lot in games against teams that are weaker and will put your defense on the field quite a bit more. And so weaker teams will probably score more than uh, they have perhaps in past. In the past, you know, you get uh, you get a Southwest Louisiana that comes to town, and in years past, before you were really pass happy, you could hold them to seven or ten points. But now that you're pass happy, and your team's going to face a whole lot more plays on the field, perhaps now you give up 21 points or 24 points to Southwest Louisiana. It doesn't look all that great on your resume. And then uh, when you get the bigger boys that come to town, the Oklahomas, the Baylors, and the TCUs, and the uh, pass-happy attack is not working, and we're getting three and outs, and we're getting a lot of punts, and we're getting turnovers uh, in our end of the field, well, then now that 21 and 24 points turns into 48 points. And uh, on top of that, more than likely a loss. Texas Tech has not been a great defensive team for years now, and that extends back through the Mike Leach era. You know, offensive coordinator guys and the offensive guys get upset with me when I talk about stuff like this. They'll come at me and say stuff like, well, offense's job is to score. And I touched on this a little bit yesterday when I had Emil, uh, my co-host Emil Calamino on with me. Um, this may sound, I may be cursing an offensive coordinator when I say this, but job isn't always to try and score. People say to me, what? Not always your job to go out there and try to score. Sometimes you need to just get control of a football team, and a score can result from that. But for some of these pass happy guys, trying to score means they're going out there and testing out all these new happy pass plays that they've got, these great plays that they drew up on the grease board. And they'll go out and run three straight of those after, you know, the other team's offense just walked your defense straight down the field, 10-play, 72-yard drive, and punched it in. And here comes your offense out there trying to score. And they prop out these three very pretty pass plays 
that end up in a three and out and a punt and uh, 47 seconds taken off the clock, and there's that defense out there again, tired and bewildered. And they're right back out there. And so what do you get? You get another 80-play drive, 10-play drive, and now your defense is completely exhausted. God forbid that offense comes out there again and tries three more pretty pass plays that they just wanted to see run, see if they work. Ball gets turned over, another punt, and defense is back out there again. Sometimes you just need to have a running game where you can turn around, hand the ball to a guy, have him come through the line of scrimmage and, you know, punch it up in there. That's like, you know, I'm spitting in some of these guys' face by saying something like that. It's not pretty, doesn't seem very innovative. It's not cute. Just turn around, hand the ball to a running back. Tell your offensive line to go push people off the line of scrimmage and be physical. I mean, it is football. And uh, duck it up in there and get some yardage. And run some time off the clock. Think it would have been nice if Baylor would have done something like that in their game against Michigan State? They had a significant lead. They had things handled. But it wasn't pretty enough to go out there and turn around and just hand the ball to your running back on first and second down have a three-yard run on first down, and then turn around and run it again. That's like a sin to some of these schools. No way in hell second and seven run the ball. Are you kidding me? It's time to run the smash concept with the angle route from the back out of the backfield. No, he's not even going to stay in there and pass protect. We're going to send five guys out on a route. Quarterback gets dumped, ball falls on the ground. Other team recovers it deep in your side of the field, and you send a tired defense out there deep in their own end and tell them, to, you know, go get a stop for us. That's what your job is. Some of these offensive guys don't understand the marriage between offense and defense when you're going to have yourself a championship football team. They think it's two separate entities. Uh, we've opened up an offensive offense uh, office over here, and, uh, you know, the defensive office is over there, and it's almost like the FBI and the DEA. One doesn't talk to the other, and we don't get crime solved. And suddenly the felonies are being committed on you, and that's how you let a team come back from 42-14. Or that's how you just get your behind ran up off the field against a good opponent. Some of these pass-happy hurry-up offenses, they will just tease the hell out of their fan base because you get one of those directional schools that come to you in September and you hang 70 on them. And the fans walk out of there drunk and happy and they think you're going to the championship this year. Hey, come on, man, don't fool yourself. You ran any kind of offense, you were going to beat the hell out of that team. Maybe you didn't score 70. If you had three backs in the backfield and you decided to do that, which I'm not an, a big advocate of, an advocate of a balanced offense. But you go out there and you had three backs in the backfield and it was and you pretended you were navy, you're still gonna beat the hell out of that directional school. Hell, you're from a power five conference, so maybe the final score is thirty five to nothing. Um it's not even good enough for fans anymore. You needed to be seventy to ten. It's the only way they feel happy. Well, when the big boys of your conference show up for a game 70 points aren't happening. 35 points, not happening. You end up with your 20 points, and the other guys score 40 or 50 because you 
are not able to turn around and get control of a football game by handing it to your running back and have your offensive line move people off the line of scrimmage and run some clock and make the other team's defense tired, make them fatigued, break down the very basics for them, which is getting to the football and being able to tackle somebody. That ends up being a problem. But, you know, if you want to pass it around and have the other team's defense out there for 45 seconds, they're going to be pretty amped and full of energy when they step back on the field again. And sooner or later, a good team with a good defense is going to catch up to what you're doing. If you want to go out there and spin it 65 times a game, they're going to catch up. Some of these geniuses think there's no defense that could stop my passing attack. I know how to get guys open against anyone, any defense, anywhere, anytime. Okay. So, nevertheless, that's my little rant. So, good luck to the Houston defensive coordinator heading over to Texas Tech. He does have a little experience in that because Houston's one of those pass-happy teams. So, uh, it is a step up for him, and he does have some experience in dealing with uh, pass-happiness. We'll see how he does over there and if he can – Hold on to his job for more than two years or so. We'll see if Cliff Kingsbury can stay in Texas Tech for another two years. Can't have too many more years like this one. I can guarantee you that. Hey, did you see this? Uh, Jim Mora, who's done an outstanding job at UCLA, bringing the Bruins back to some amount of consciousness in the Pac-12 in the city of Los Angeles, which was pretty much owned by USC over the last decade. Done an outstanding job there. Uh, Apparently, he's going to interview for the New York Jets job. I mean, uh, my co-host, Amo Calamino, has been on this big about, you know, Jim Moore is just passing the time. He wants back into the NFL. And uh, this would obviously be an indication of that because this is the New York Jets job. The Jets have been a disaster of late. I guess people are seeing, uh, coaches are seeing a lot of value in the New York Jets' job. Uh, they do have a good defense. No one really knows what they have at quarterback because, you know, Rex Ryan and the boys have just really done a lot of damage on anyone who's been on the center. So perhaps they think they could come in there and work with the Geno Smith, get, get what they uh, need to get out of him. And uh, when you have a defense guess that's half your battle. Jets will need to find a running game, something reliable. But uh, yet, Jim Mora, your UCLA head coach, interviewing for the Jets job. Wonder how UCLA's recruits feel about that. Should be a point of interest to many of them. Vanderbilt, uh, this is stuff that always makes me raise an eyebrow. Head coach Derek Mason did uh, hire a new offensive coordinator, something sorely needed at Vanderbilt. He's hired Andy Ludwig to be his new offensive coordinator. What's he going to do on defense? Well, Derek Mason's going to call the defense. And uh, I'm always leery when a head coach, especially a new one like Mason, wants to also be the coordinator. Just typically doesn't work. A lot of things get missed when the head coach has to be so heavily involved in the game planning for one side of the ball. So, uh, 
Not something I think I'm looking forward to seeing. Happen to like Derek Mason, just don't know that that's the best way to go. But, hey, I'm just uh, a half-baked radio, internet radio host. I don't know. How much do I know? But keep an eye on the Vandy situation. Don't know how much success he's going to have being the guy to call the uh, defense over there. Also in college football, I mean, it's time to talk some recruiting. University of Florida rolls out their new coaching staff. And uh, one of the uh, big names on the coaching staff, former University of Miami head coach Randy Shannon, joins the staff holding many titles. Recruiting coordinator, co-defensive coordinator, associate head coach, And that's a lot of those things you know, on those desks. What do you call those things you put on the desk? Shows your title, shows your name and your title. That's a lot. Fill up his desk there. But happy for Randy Shannon. He is the guy responsible for bringing me to the University of Miami when uh, Long Beach State cut down their program in 1991. The main guy I communicated with and went back to the coaches and told them, hey, it might be a good idea to bring this guy on. So, uh for that, I'm forever grateful, and uh, good to see him doing big things at the University of Florida. Co-defensive coordinator, one of the best at that particular job. Was an award-winning assistant coach and coordinator while at the University of Miami. I think fans down here now need to take a different look at his tenure as head coach at the University of Miami, considering the struggles of his successor. Early on, people wanted to blame Randy Shannon for uh, the failures of the Al Golden era as it started. Um, And that can no longer be the case. And uh, since that has worn off, things have gotten worse at the University of Miami. So what say you now? some of you naysayers out there, about Randy Shannon's tenure at the University of Miami. Interesting. Would love to hear your take on that now. And if you want to call into the show today, the number is 347-633-9365. Again, 347-633-9365. What impact will Randy Shannon at the University of Florida have in South Florida recruiting? Talk about that and more when I get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. 
want to play college football, right? Well, that's not going to happen unless you have a highlight video. And if you want one of the best highlight videos in the country, then visit Under the Radar Highlight Videos right now. They will give you their best. Ten DVDs, affordable, done fast. They'll even remix your highlights or take your huddle highlights and put them on YouTube. And they've worked with some of the best. Deion Sanders Jr., top recruits in the country, Adoree Jackson and Joe Mixon, current UCLA wide receiver Shaquille Evans, Cordell Brodus, son of Snoop Dogg, as well as top 2013 USC recruit Stuart Craven. If you want to be seen by the colleges and have the offers rolling in, then you need to contact Under the Radar Highlights right now. Visit them at youtube.com forward slash users UTR Highlight Videos. That's youtube.com forward slash users forward slash UTR Highlight Videos. Get over there, get that video made, and be seen by the colleges now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. Syracuse wide receiver coach George McDonald. Uh, his name's gotten hot and heavy on Twitter for some reason of late. I've been hearing for the last three days that he was uh, he's on his way to the University of Florida. He'll be the new wide receiver coach at the University of Florida. been hearing that for three days. Uh, just popped up on Twitter. He's heading to NC State. How do such things happen, oh, Twitter? I'm not, re- I'm not believing the NC State thing either until I see the man in front of the camera or this word of him, or a photo of him signing a contract up there for the Wolf Pack. I mean, at this point, Twitter is just pure entertainment value. I mean, if you're taking anything off of Twitter and running with it, then, uh, you know, you're going to become a cartoon. You're going to become a joke. So that's the latest report for George McDonald the hottest name in wide receiver coaches, according to Twitter, over the last few days. Latest news heading to NC State. All right, before the break, talking about Randy Shannon and his uh, addition to the uh, University of Florida staff. One of the titles he is carrying uh, on the staff is recruiting coordinator, which is going to be interesting for South Florida as, you know, obviously – Randy Shannon is going to have ties to South Florida for many reasons. Grew up down here, played football down here at Norland High School. Same high school Duke Johnson came from. Played on several national championship teams for the University of Miami. Following that, went to the Dallas Cowboys with Jimmy Johnson, which was the, uh, you know, 
University of Miami version of NFL football and then returned to Miami as uh, an assistant coach, became a defensive coordinator, went and worked for a stint with the Miami Dolphins, came back to the University of Miami, ended up being head coach. I mean, if, is there anyone all – is anyone more Miami than Randy Shannon? I don't think so. So, obviously, uh, a great tie-in, and now he's at the University of Florida. He's not at Arkansas anymore. Well, you got to talk these youngsters into heading all the way out to Fayetteville. He need only tell these folks it's a four-and-a-half-hour ride up the road, and you can play for the only SEC team in the state of Florida. It's not going to be a hard sell for a lot of recruits down here who are, uh, quite frankly, itching for for something, given uh, all of the noise going on right now about the University of Miami and what's going on down there. Uh, recruits are really trying to figure out what they want to do. Many of them have grown up University of Miami fans and were married to that idea until they got hot and heavy into recruiting and uh, saw some of the other options that are available and now they are left to consider some other things. And one of those things is going to be hopping on the, the train there at the University of Florida where uh, from the outset here it looks like Jim McElwain's putting together one heck of a staff, one that can not only recruit but can also turn 18-year-old football players into 21-year-old football players. And that's my code for developing the talent that you have. I think a lot of staffs out there now are comprised of uh, recruiters and uh, we've given way to uh, the fact that some of these guys aren't necessarily that great at developing talent. I mean, what good is bringing in this top talent if you can't progress them as college football players? just seems very short-sighted for me. I hate the hires that are solely done on uh, from a recruiting aspect. What about the players that are there at that school at that particular position? Are they supposed to just say, all right, well, I won't be getting too much better, but hell, we're going to bring in a great guy off the street to come and fight for my job. It's going to be a great recruit pulled in on campus by my position coach to replace me, all the while he's not making me any better. How about that concept? Nevertheless, uh, I expect Randy Shannon being at the University of Florida to have a strong impact on uh, South Florida recruiting. Obviously, the University of Florida knows they need to do some work down here in South Florida. And, and by work means doesn't mean they haven't been doing it. By means South Florida is a hotbed. It's the mecca for recruiting talent. Obviously, uh, having someone down here that can make moves down here is a big deal. And with the University of Florida losing Tavares Robinson to Auburn, uh, there needs to be a replacement for that, and Randy Shannon sure seems to fit the bill. Uh, he's already made moves. Throws out an offer to Jeremiah Dinson, 2015 cornerback at American High School, a prospect I've had a chance to see on tape. Very good prospect. Underrated, too. And that's another area in which Randy Shannon's going to be able to help. I mean, not, not necessarily going to chase all the starred players. I mean, if anyone knows what a good defensive player looks like, it's going to be a guy who's coordinated some pretty good defenses. 
and played on some pretty good defenses himself. Played for a coach like Jimmy Johnson. Going to know what good defensive players look like. And uh, he's uh, definitely going to make an impact down here. No doubt about that. So going to be interesting to see exactly what impact is going to be made. Speaking of Travaris Robinson and uh, Auburn and Will Muschamp, they're down here in South Florida passing out. Offers to defensive backs. Passing them out. Like those Bed Bath & Beyond coupons that everyone gets in their mailbox. You know those, the big blue ones. Everyone's got one of those in their house. I don't care who you are. If you have a mailing address, you have one of those Bed Bath & Beyond coupons in your house. Don't lie to me. Don't play with me. You got one. And you've wanted to throw it out, and you haven't. You've kept it there just in case you need to go over there and get yourself a frying pan. And you want 20% off of that damn thing. And it doesn't matter if you throw it out. Because the minute you throw it out and head out to the mailbox again, Bed Bath & Beyond's got another coupon there for you. So they're down here passing out the offers to defensive backs. It is quite clear to them in their mind that they need help at the cornerback position. So uh, they've uh, set out to uh, get the help that they need. Less than 24 hours after uh, receiving the offer by uh, the University of Florida from Randy Shannon, Auburn has also offered Jeremiah Denson cornerback from American High School. Sheldrick Redwine, Louisville commit, who's uh, certainly picked up a lot of steam this year and uh, towards the end of this year. He's a cornerback at Killian High School, one of those big corners. Auburn offered him today. Yesterday, Auburn also offered Javarius Davis, speedy athlete out of uh, Ed White High School in Jacksonville, one of the top 100-meter guys in the uh, country. Still trying to decide what he wants to do, though, whether he wants to play offense or defense. He's a pretty explosive wide receiver. I think he has pro potential as a wide receiver, probably as a cornerback also. I just think there's bigger pro potential for Javarius Davis at the uh, wide receiver position. But nevertheless, Auburn has jumped in and offered him uh, as a – they want him as a cornerback, so they've offered him – and they did so yesterday. Now, he, you know, Davis did have an offer from the University of Florida. I want to say it was probably extended to him by Javaris Robinson, who is also always careful to uh, evaluate cornerback and defensive back talent, doesn't just pass that stuff out. So, um, and there'll be more to come. I mean, there's a plethora of defensive back talent for 2015 down here in the state of Florida. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what other offers come out for Auburn as they are seeking immediate assistance in the defensive backfield. Uh, Those guys were brought on, clearly, uh, to get things right on defense because that's been a downfall for Auburn for two years running now. You know, so uh, let's not forget uh, Auburn's path to the championship game last year took two of the most miracleized plays, and yes, I use that word miracleized. Took two of the most miracleized plays for them to get there, because they were just routinely found themselves in shootouts. 
So this is two years running. It was not a problem that they addressed last year because uh, those two miracles got them to the championship game. I guarantee you those two miracle plays don't happen, and Auburn uh, does not find themselves in that championship game last year. Perhaps they would have uh, made a move at defensive coordinator coming into this season. But since the miracles didn't happen this year and Auburn came up short and they feel that is, it is at the hands of a defense that didn't get the job done, uh, Will Muschamp was brought on. And he's uh, now, I guess, the highest paid defensive coordinator and he was able to bring his sidekick, Traverse Robinson, along with him to coach cornerbacks. Oh, the coach is secondary, let me say. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work. At Florida, Will Muschamp coached the safeties, and Travis Robinson was the uh, cornerback's coach. I'm, I believe the title uh, Robinson will have at Auburn is also co-defensive coordinator, so a lot more responsibility for him there. But uh, let's, you know, no bones about it. Gus Malzahn knows that uh, if he's going to continue to be the coach at Auburn, they're going to have to stop some people. How about that, my offensive gurus out there that might be listening? you got to stop some people. And even uh, an offensive guy like uh, Gus Malzahn has seen the uh, beauty in that. going to be interesting to see if uh, Muschamp and uh, Auburn can look like uh, Muschamp has looked throughout his career when he's uh, paired with a quick-paced offense. You know, you're going to see more plays. Your defensive unit is going to see more plays. And over the course of a season, can amount to one or two more extra games. You saw what that did to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, we're talking about older players that are susceptible to fatigue and wearing down. I'm not sure what kind of an impact that will have at the college football level at an Auburn. You know, maybe these young guys can go all day but perhaps injuries pile up. So it's going to be interesting to see what level and amount of success Auburn has uh, defensively as uh, they are obviously a hurry-up offense team, which puts the defense out there more often. But we do have uh, – we're headed into recruiting season. We are into recruiting season. There is a dead period. And just so that we're clear, the dead period means there can't be any face-to-face contact with the players. That's what this particular dead period is about. You can still have contact on social media. Uh, You can still talk on the phone, but no face-to-face contact. That ends on January 15th. So uh, the coaches will hit the recruiting trail hard, hot, and heavy come January 16th. They'll be down here in South Florida In uh, big, big numbers, trying to secure their 15, 2015 commitments and uh, probably snag a few from some other people, and they'll get to work on 2016 and some on 2017. That will, uh, that will be the story here in just about uh, 9 to 10 days. So you recruits that are out there listening, if you – Need some recruiting help? Need to get a hold of me right now. Send me an email, cwilson at gridironstuds.com. Time is of the essence if you are 2015. There literally is no time to waste. You should have sent the email to me already. Not a whole lot of time for you. 
2016 guys, get on the ball. You don't want to be like a, a 2015 guy that's uh, ignored all the uh, opportunities to get help and assistance in consultation with recruiting. And uh, you get to this point, which is after your senior season, and you're fighting to get yourself an offer or at least one you feel comfortable with. Don't put yourself in that position. The time to get on and get assistance is now. Just the consultation you get alone is going to be worth the price of admission, not to mention the exposure and marketing that goes on. So see Wilson at gridironstuds.com. You forget, you can reach me on Twitter at Gridiron Studs. And you 2017 guys, never too early. Never too early. If you played this season, if you were a varsity football player this season, or even if you've got some hellified JV tape, it's best for you to come see me. The sooner the better. Recruiting has become an earlier and earlier deal especially for the FBS schools. Ignore that advice, and um, you'll probably pay the price. So, again, C. Wilson, EdgarIronStuds.com. All right. Uh, some NFL news. They're trying to get a team in Los Angeles. They're making their plans to get a team to Los Angeles. They're building stadiums and whatnot. Who's going to be in it? They're talking St. Louis, bringing the Rams back to Los Angeles. I don't know. If you took a poll in the city of L.A., I think a lot of people would say, eh, no thanks, we don't need that. We're really focused in on trying to get the Lakers back to where they are. You know, for us that uh, have not joined, jumped on the cable and direct TV movement, we kind of like having those three games on a Sunday. We'll see where that goes. Uh, I tweeted this out today. Uh, what's Doug Marone doing? I mean, he really sent that Buffalo Bills team for a loop by uh, basically declining to come back as the Bills coach. Obviously, there were some other irons in the fire. I think that's the only reason you do something like that, unless you're talking about retiring, and that's certainly not where Doug Marone is at in his career. Because apparently he had his eyes on the New York Jets job. And a report is coming out that the interview with the New York Jets didn't go so well. I mean, I did mention in the opening segment here that the Jets are going to interview Jim Mora. Jim Mora would be an extreme threat to a Doug Marone being the head coach at the New York Jets. Now, how about that? You decline to come back to Buffalo. You interview with the Jets. You don't get the job. Uh, what do you do then? Think Doug Marone's wife is doesn't have a couple plates on hand ready to spin past his head. I mean, you leave that job if you're pretty damn sure you're going to get the other one, and I'm not so sure about that. So that's uh, Doug Marone. That's the movings around with the uh, with the New York Jets job and Douglas Marone, who just declined to be the coach at Buffalo. I mean, what's going on in Buffalo that you decline that job? You don't want to come back to that job. What is exactly the deal there with that? What would uh, Jameis Winston coming back to Florida State for 2015 do for Marcus Mariota, current Heisman Trophy winner? Does that move him up in the draft? Was he behind Jameis Winston? 
Was Jameis Winston coming back because he uh, probably heard from the NFL that you're not going to be that high of a pick, man, and we kind of like this Mariota kid. What I don't want to see for Mariota is to go to one of these hellhole franchises, not Cleveland. Let's not go to Oakland. They're looking for a new guy every year. Don't need to be at one of those franchises. I think the ultimate place for Marcus Mariota is San Diego. I would love to see San Diego be the team to draft a Marcus Mariota and have him sit behind Philip Rivers for whatever time Rivers has got left. What do we say, two, three years? Rivers would probably say longer, something like seven or eight years. That's how you know guys think. I think that would be the best situation for Mariota. Come in and be the backup for a Philip Rivers for two or three years Learn the ways of an NFL quarterback. I mean, he played in a particular system set up for college football at Oregon. Let's not escape that. Yes, Chip Kelly did take it to uh, Philadelphia and had a certain amount of success. I think long-term that's not going to work. I think we saw that at play here at the end of the NFL season. Something like that is made for college and young guys. It's not going to work the way that I think Chip Kelly and the Philadelphia Eagles are going to want it to work. So, He ran a college football system in college. You can't take this kid and throw him to the Wolves right now. He will go the way of Akili Smith, David Klingler, all of the failed great college football quarterbacks in the NFL. And and I don't want to see that. I think think he has NFL-type talent. I think he could be a really good player in the NFL, but not if he goes to the wrong place. He is a player that needs to go to the right place. Now, Jameis Winston... Could probably go a lot of places, and the only thing you really got to worry about is, is he going to be in the wrong city for some of his antics? Can he really go in a locker room like the Oakland Raiders? It doesn't seem to have a, a whole bunch of uh, senior leadership, shall I say, and what you know would be what would be his story if that happened? I think that'd be your biggest problem. I think Winston could probably play in any system, and there aren't a whole bunch of different systems in the NFL. Everyone's kind of running the same thing. By and large, you know, maybe Jameis Winston could go to Kansas City or something like that. Maybe it's not a bad place for Marietta. Maybe you'd look best in a system like Andy Reid's, and they don't seem to be all that thrilled with Alex Smith. Poor guy can't catch a break. Hey, I'm an Alex Smith fan, a defender of Alex Smith. Those of you that want to poo-poo on him and point to the numbers and all these other shortcomings, man, who was he throwing the ball to? I mean, Dwayne Bow checked out. I don't know if he's going to bring back his NFL career or resurrect it. I hearken any of you to give me a call and tell me a name of another wide receiver that plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. There's just nothing there at that position for them. So it's not like you've armed this guy with a ton of talent and he just has blown it. He's got a tight end. Got a dynamic running back who can catch the ball out the backfield in Jamal Charles. And uh, he has what appears to be a washed-up Dwayne Bow. Nevertheless, if Marriott ends up there, wouldn't be a bad thing for him. So somewhere like Kansas City or San Diego would be a nice landing spot for Marcus Marriott. For those of you out there who are not interested in seeing another Heisman Trophy candidate, college football quarterback turn into a pumpkin 
when they go to the NFL. I'd like to see a, a success story out of some of these Heisman Trophy candidates that go to the NFL from the quarterback position. It'd be nice to see that every now and then. Going to take a quick break. When I get back, we'll continue the college football and high school football discussion here on the Gridiron Stud Show. And uh, coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to have Brett Getz, owner of uh, South Florida Express 7-on-17. He's going to join me here on the Gridiron Stud Show in roughly uh, 10 minutes here. We'll be back right after this. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! In season, out of season, FitSpeed.com gives you the edge. Over 150 professional athletes and 5,000 youth and high school athletes as clients. Over 2,500 square feet of indoor turf. That includes two indoor 50-yard lanes, plus a fully equipped weight room with the latest and most technically advanced equipment available. That's over 8,000 square feet of total workout space. Plus, they have the best training staff anywhere in the country. It's owned by current NFL wide receiver Brandon Marshall, it's why athletes like Chad Ochocinco work out there, and it's why you should work out there too. If you want to be the best, get on your grind and visit fitspeed.com today. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills, and in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now.
reminder that uh, Brett Getz, owner of South Florida Express 7-on-7 team, joins me here at the uh, during the 11 o'clock hour, so stay tuned for that. Again, if you want to reach us on the show today, 347-633-9365, 347-633-9365. You can also reach me on uh, Twitter, at GridironStuds, S-T-U-D-S. I'm a good follow. I say some interesting things every now and then. So feel free to follow me, and uh, you can also send any questions or comments that you may have uh, to to me on Twitter, at GridironStuds. And I try to get to all of those questions and comments, unless you're trying to be an idiot, which I will uh, occasionally get on Twitter, because, you know, that's what Twitter has come to. If you're an idiot, I'm probably going to just keep it moving. But if you've got a good question, something insightful, something not from the idiot library, uh, I'm usually pretty good at getting back to you, or I may even address your question or comment on air. May do just that. Well, it is recruiting season, um, and it's a time of year where, you know, some good recruits are out there that are still still be had for the current class, which is 2015. I could think of a couple. Got a pretty good quarterback over at Coral Springs High School down here in Florida by the name of Jake Bofshever. Led his team to uh, their first playoff appearance, first postseason appearance since 1979. Young man threw for over 2,500 yards, rushed for some 800 yards, uh, and it looks has all the looks of what people want at quarterback now. Mobile, but not a guy that's just going to tuck the ball and run. Will do his fair share to buy time behind the line of scrimmage, which you like to see him keep his eyes downfield and try to find someone breaking in the clear. Plenty of uh, that that you could see on film with him. And then when it's uh, become apparent that He's in too much trouble to find someone downfield. He can pull the ball down and uh, not only pick up the first down, he'll flat-out score on you if you're not paying attention. Athletic enough to hit you on a 50-yard touchdown run, which you will also see uh, on film. So definitely someone I think colleges need to take a uh, better look at, a longer look at, a stronger look at, as uh, you know, you maybe have some shuffling going around with your quarterback commits don't forget the name Jake Bobshever, quarterback from Coral Springs High School. Definitely someone to look at. A.J. Taylor, defensive lineman at IMG. I mean, IMG turned themselves into quite a monster. People were putting them in the top ten in the state of Florida this year. Obviously, they're not in a particular district or conference or class, so they didn't get to play in the uh, postseason. But uh, you ask anyone who went up there and played them this year or had to deal with IMG, they are uh, the real deal. And they played some defense, and A.J. Taylor, defensive lineman, 2015, 6'2", 260-pounder, was one of the stars on that defense. Led the team in sacks, plenty of tackles for loss, very quick first step, can get in the gap, can blow by a guy uh, in a hurry. Definitely someone you want to take a look at. Division I schools out there skirting around, still looking for talent for 2015, A.J. Taylor, at IMG in Bradenton, Florida. Definitely a name you want to take a look at. That's for sure. 
someone you want to pay attention to. And I'll be spotlighting and highlighting others uh, in future broadcasts, but there are plenty of very talented 2015 players that are still out there to be had. So, you know, coaches coming down here January 16th and beyond, these are guys you definitely need to take a look at. One big-time player I would also want to point out, Christian Bermudez. You ask any one of those guys for Booker T. Washington High School that had to play against Christian Bermudez in that state championship game, fullback running back out of Bowles High School is a load, a very athletic, well-built, six-foot, 210, 215-pounder. with a pretty good speed and can also drop a shoulder into you. Real Stanford-type running back. Would look awesome in uh, some Stanford colors. But anyone who sees the value in uh, a, a fullback type or a big running back or H-back type, this is your guy. I mean, he's a Division One football player. There is no doubt about that. Christian Bermudez, running back out of uh, Bowles High School. These are Division I football players. Also got Malik Wisdom, guy out of a Day Christian school in uh, in Miami. Did a lot of things for that Day Christian team that made it to the postseason this year. Lined up at quarterback, lined up at running back, defensive back, and oh yeah, you can kick too. Quite the athlete. Certainly a guy that you want to take a look at, Malik Wisdom, defensive back. That'll be his position at the next level. Athletic, savvy, very good feet, soccer player. I've had a lot of success dealing with soccer players when they've come over to play football. Hell, I've got a secret for all you out there. I started off as a soccer player. That was a sport of choice for a young man growing up in a West Indian household. Soccer was a big deal in Trinidad, so first sport I played. Gave me great feet, stamina, all that good stuff. So I've had a lot of success with soccer players. Malik Wisdom started off his uh, athletic career as a soccer player, moved over to football and done pretty well for himself. You ask anyone over at Dade Christian what he meant to that team, and you'll get positive reviews on that, that is for sure. So Malik Wisdom, another guy uh, to take a look at. Defensive back slash running back slash quarterback kicker at a Dade Christian School. And again, I'll be spotlighting more players, and we'll be talking about class of 2016 and 17 as we go along here. Love spotlighting uh, some of the great players and talent that we have down here in South Florida, of which we have uh, quite a bit, plenty to go around down here. So college coaches that come down here, during the recruiting season, uh, it's an embarrassment of riches. But if you don't come down here with a plan, you're probably going to end up with some egg on your face. And uh, your coach is going to want to ask you in a recruiting meeting why it couldn't get done. So come down here with a plan. And, uh, you know, you can also contact me if you're a college football coach listening to me right now. Wilson at gridironstuds.com. If you're following me on Twitter, inbox me. We can certainly uh, develop a plan for you and show you what you need to see down here 
when you visit good old South Florida, and Florida in general. Listen, I'm nationwide, okay? Checking out talent from coast to coast. But down here in South Florida, obviously, uh, it's a focus of many schools, and I can certainly help you with that. So see Wilson at GridironStuds.com, or uh, jump into my DMs, slide into my DMs, as the kids will say. And I uh, will certainly be willing to help you out, as I uh, do for quite a few programs out there. Get that talent on the roster. Make you the superstar recruiter for your program. Get you to climb that ladder. So, uh, again, plenty of talent down here, and we'll be talking about <clears throat> quite a bit of that talent as we go along. As uh, recruiting season is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. It is. And it, as is seven-on-seven seven season, that's going to get hot and heavy. You want to talk about a war? You want to talk about shots fired? Blood in the streets. Come down here during seven-on-seven time. Oh, it's bloody murder. These seven-on-seven teams go after each other left and right. I mean, you think they had cocaine wars down here in Miami in the uh, 80s? Check out the seven-on-seven season. I moved to the state of Florida as a 10-year-old in 1982, and I swear to you, within the first three days that I was here, watching the news telecast, and there was a shootout between two drug lords on I-95. And one of the first newscasts is a new member for me down here in, the, in good old South Florida. And I turned and looked to my mom and said, hey, this whole move to Florida thing, you said that was for a safer environment. And two drug lords were shooting at each other on the most popular highway in this place. She gave me a sideways look, too. She was a little concerned. But uh, those were the drug wars. You got seven-on-seven wars going on down here in South Florida now, and uh, one of the the premier, the premier seven-on-seven team, not only in the state of Florida, but nationwide is South Florida Express, and I'm very happy to have as my next guest the owner of South Florida Express, Brett Getz, joining me here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Brett, how you doing? Hey, good, Chad. How are you? Doing doing very good. Talking a little recruiting here and uh, drawing a loose comparison to uh, the seven-on-seven wars to the you know, the cocaine wars that greeted me when I came down <laughs> to to South Florida in the 80s, man. Uh, it's, uh, Sounds it's about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah there's, blood in, there's blood in the streets, and uh, it's getting ready to get cranked up. For those who are new to the whole seven-on-seven thing, and that, that you know group is getting smaller and smaller every year because this has become very, very popular. Kind of uh, take us through how this thing started because you are considered a pioneer of this whole big-time seven-on-seven thing. Good to know that, isn't it? Oh, yeah, well, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I, I was asked, uh, I guess, coming on eight years, about eight years ago, I had a couple of guys from um, one of the media outlets called me and said that he was going to do a seven-on-seven tournament out in Tampa, and but I want to bring a few kids. So I, uh, I said, I, you know, I thought about it. I said, okay, that'd be kind of fun, and I knew a few kids down here, and I told him that I wanted to do. I said, can I just do an all-star team with the top talent in this area? And he said, whatever you want to do, you do. So I um, went ahead and um, called up this quarterback for Miramar, Geno Smith, and we start with the quarterback and asked him if he would uh, want to do it, and he did, and uh, he brought Stedman Bailey as receiver, and um, 
and we basically had about I invited about thirty kids that year, about forty showed up for the tryout and um realized that uh, we had one media member at the time at the practice and as each practice as we had a practice each week, we had more and more media guys coming and kind of realized like, wow, this is an unbelievable stage for these kids to get recognized and get exposure. So that's how it really started. And, uh, you know, we, we used to do a one-day tryout, and then we realized that it's such a great – you know, first of all, it's not a perfect science trying to pick a, a you know one team or two teams that we do out of 300-and-something mm-hmm. kids that show up. So, mm-hmm. you know, the first day we turned into what we call a showcase where – um, if we do miss on you, there's a lot of reporters out there looking for good talent to write about. So mm-hmm. they will hopefully will pick up on your talent. And um, from that group, the next day on Sunday, we go ahead and select about 100 kids from that first day to come back and compete uh, to make our SFE team, which will be SFE 8 this year. Yeah, uh, eight years into this thing. And listen, how great is it? that the first time you go and do this thing, you have uh, two future NFLers show up like Geno Smith and uh, Stedman Bailey. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Actually, on that first team, there were six There were six players. Out of the 24 players, six of them are in the NFL. Uh, Brandon McGee was on that team, was with the Rams, Stedman, Geno. Josh Robinson, who plays for the Vikings, was on that team. Uh, Connor Vernon, who I don't think he was with the Raiders, not sure. And, and Rodney Smith was on that team, who was with the Vikings. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I was the first time I, you know, we were out in the field there seeing such great talent. But, you know, you never know. It's so hard to make the NFL. But six of the 24 guys made the NFL on that team. Well, I mean, when you think of the numbers on that, uh, that is extremely amazing. 25% of that team, basically. Uh, ends up being NFL football players. I don't think you'll find that kind of number in any uh, bringing together of talent anywhere in the country, in the world, pretty much. I mean, I mean, what are the numbers they talk about for, for people making it to the NFL? It's usually less than 1%. Here you had 25% of your guys make it. No, it was unbel- it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I sit back on Sundays, I just can't believe that, you know, all these guys, I'm very happy for these guys that they had this opportunity to, um, you know, play at the highest level. It's, um, it's, it's incredible. And, and, you know, from there, I mean, each team that we've had has guys from the – they're going to the NFL. I mean, we just – this past year, two of the former players that we had were first-round picks, uh, Ryan Chazier and uh, Teddy mm-hmm. Bridgewater. And then LaMarcus Joyner, who played on our first team, um, mm-hmm. well, he was on a second team. He uh, was a high second-round pick, so it's really incredible. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and it's going to just continue coming in that direction, obviously. You've got – you can't really watch college football uh, in this day and age without seeing some kind of impact uh, being made by South Florida Express players. I mean, you're not going to go through a whole Saturday of watching college football and not – see something great being done by a South Florida Express player. I mean, you've got – we can go on and on about the list of accomplishments, but uh, one of them is, you know, now you've got a Jim Thorpe Award winner added to the whole – the treasure chest there as Gerard Holloman, who played for South Florida Express. Uh, what did he pick off? 50 passes this year for Louisville. He won, <laughs> won the, uh, the Jim Thorpe Award. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. In fact, the team that he played on, that was our SFE 3 team – I mean, forget Teddy was the quarterback, so yeah, it was a first-round guy. But 
The, the defense was – I mean, he had a Thorpe Award winner in Holloman. You had Ryan Chazier with a first-round pick. You had Jeremy Cash on that defense, who was going to be a first- or second-round pick this year. You had um, you had Wayne Lyons, who's playing at Stanford. You had Deion Bush, who's at Miami. Um I I know I'm missing oh, – Andrew Johnson, who played at Louisville the last four years, started at corner for Louisville for four years. And I know I'm missing somebody else or a couple other guys, but, I mean, it was – Oh, you're going to miss a ton of names. It's just – it's you know, it would be a very tall task for you to remember all these names because um, there are a ton of them out there. I believe Tracy Howard played on that. Duke Johnson, who's headed for the NFL, also played for South Florida Express. I mean, you can go on and yep. on about that. Yeah, Duke. In fact, Duke was on the same SFA team uh, with Tracy, but also with Amari Cooper, who you know every Saturday has been making plays for the last three years, and was going to. I assume, I think he's going to enter the NFL draft. So yeah, I mean, the talent level is unbelievable, and um, you know, the amazing thing is, is these kids' commitment to off-season training, whether it's you know training, working on speed, or doing seven-on-seven seven or just doing anything to get better. That's why these guys are elite. I mean, obviously they're born with great talent, but mm-hmm. these guys are committed to putting the extra time in. And, uh, it, you know, it's it, it's incredible. It's and, and that's, you know, if you want to get to the next level, you better work harder than the next guy because it's hard to get to that top level. Yeah, and I think anyone down here could certainly, you know, see that, that there is a tremendous amount of competition I mean, just to start on your own high school team down here, but getting in that situation with seven-on-seven seven and not only competing against the uh, the other team, but just competition within your own teams, uh, the seven-on-seven, seven, the South Florida Express seven-on-seven seven teams, when you start thinking about the names that have played on teams together, um, just just getting out there and competing amongst your own teammates brings out the best in these guys, and uh, it's it really is a remarkable thing that has developed out of it now there was once a time where you really were the only show and you could you, you know you i mean you named it the team south florida express for crying out loud but since then you know any great idea is uh going to grow wings and you'll have uh imitations and now there have been several other seven on seven teams that have popped up over the years talk a little bit about uh the competition that has brewed as a result of other teams being developed. Yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, look, there's so much talent down here, there's enough to go around, Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like every week there's a new team that's forming, whether it's here or or throughout the state or throughout the country. I mean, I get calls Mm -hmm. all the time from other parts of the country, guys calling me to ask me how I did it, how we started, what we do, and, uh, you know, but if, you you know, focusing on down here, I mean, it's great. I mean, again, there's so much talent. You know, we have 300 and 45 kids, I think, tried out last year, and we only had two teams of 24. So there's plenty of talent. Um, and, and you know what? I mean, this is all about competition and getting better. So, you know, I, I, we love the competition. Um, we, You know, the fact there's other teams to play against down here is great, and we look mm-hmm. forward to it. And, uh, and you know, it, it's going to get these kids better, and it's going to get these kids um, – I mean, I, I've seen it over the years, just – you know, you mentioned practice, going against each other in practice, but, you know, mm-hmm. take the practice with the, with the competition. I mean, these kids come back with total, you know, their, their, their confidence level goes up to another level. And I've seen that with so many kids go back. You know, this really sets the tone in recruiting, which has happened with the 7-on-7 seven seven has set the tone for recruiting leading into the spring because the spring is the Absolutely. first shot 
So, so what happens is the kids get all the exposure January, you know, our tryouts this weekend through, um, you know, January through uh, really April. And, mm-hmm. um, and then May comes, and now, you know, all these writers have been writing about these kids for the last four months. Now all these college coaches going out to see those names that they just read about the last few months. So, um, you know, as far as the local teams, it's great. You know, the more the merrier. It's fun. The competition's there. We're going to continue to do what we do as the Express and the way that we do it. And mm-hmm. uh, we look forward to competing against those other teams. Did you have any idea at all when you started this off that it would blossom into this thing? Because, listen, there's very strong comparisons being made now between 7-on-7 seven seven and AAU, which you know is a big deal in the basketball, college basketball world. 7-on-7 uh, seven seven has turned into that. Did you have any idea at all it would explode into this? Uh, no, I never realized at all. Um, I, you know, I, I, I started, it was, a, it was just like a um, – uh, you know, it's just, it was a hobby. It was like a fun little thing. It was just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, got a, you know, they asked me to see if I wanted to do a team and I got a team together and it was kind of cool having all these great players on one team. And we practiced for four weeks in a row. Um, and, and, and like I said earlier is that at the first practice, we had one reporter there and then every week we had more and more reporters show up. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I started seeing I'm like, wow, man, this is unbelievable for these kids, the amount of exposure right. they can get from being out here. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I didn't realize at first, and uh, now I, I look back and I said, that, it's incredible, um, you know, what's happened. And I, you know what? should make, overall, make the game better because these kids are going out and competing at a high level in the seven-on-seven thing. I know they're not wearing pads and the game's mm-hmm. different, but I, I will tell you, I, I – I strongly believe there's, and this is from my experience, eight years, there's a very, very high correlation to the success on the seven-on-seven field, you know, and, and leading on to the real football field with pads. No, no, uh, absolutely, you know, especially for the skill position players. I think that's been the biggest jump that the state of Florida itself has made, South Florida in particular, with the quarterbacks and wide receivers uh, is that the, you've got seven-on-seven seven here, and now you have more competent quarterbacks coming out of South Florida, whereas in the past you'd come down here and look at a quarterback and say he'd make a pretty good defensive back, a wide receiver. They're actually coming down here now and looking at quarterbacks, and, and they want them to play quarterback in college, and, you know, like Geno Smith and Teddy Bridgewater, uh, become NFL quarterbacks. I mean, look at your college right. football. One of your top passers in college football was a South Florida Express member in Brandon Doty. Set all kind of records for Western Kentucky throwing the ball around. Yeah, and I and, and I mean, I'll tell you from a quarterback perspective, you know, you know we're playing against top talent, whether it's in practice or in these tournaments we play in. And I, I mean, the difference quarterback. I mean, they really, really, truly helps them. You know, going mm-hmm. against great speed on this, you know, field that's not as wide, little tighter mm-hmm. places to throw into. And I, mm-hmm. I, I see the progress. I mean, down here, um, you know, I mean, Ken Mastroli's done an unbelievable job with the quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the state of Florida, especially down mm-hmm. here. And mm-hmm. then they get into – they train with Ken. They train with their high school coaches. And then they come out and they play seven-on-seven. Seven, and I've seen the – I mean, I, I, Sean White was on our mm-hmm. on our pro team, our second team one year. Yep. And uh, mm-hmm. good player. You know, wasn't anything special, but good. And I saw the development between his, 
you know, going out, playing spring ball, playing his following his football season, came out mm-hmm. did seven, you know, work with Ken, then came mm-hmm. out did seven on seven, and he just became great. And, um, you know, even Dottie. I mean, Dottie had an unbelievable arm. I saw unbelievable potential. Was a little shaky at first with the seven-on-seven, seven, but really picked it mm-hmm. up. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it really helps these quarterbacks tremendously um, get better and gain a lot of confidence. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, Sean White went from what you characterized in that first year to uh, moving on and winning the Elite 11, which is a very prestigious yeah. quarterback competition, and then uh, also turning around and winning the MVP at the Under Armour All-American game. He had one hell of a year, uh, and I think a, a great deal of that can be uh, attributed to his competition in seven-on-seven seven and uh, you know, then moving that into his time he spent at university school and uh, all of everything else that came after that. So lay it out for us. What exactly uh, is the story this weekend? The uh, tryouts are Saturday and Sunday, but you know, give our listeners the details on uh, on the tryouts coming up this weekend. Sure. So Saturday is what we call our showcase. Um, it's an opportunity for you know any kid that's uh, in high school, ninth uh, through eleventh grade, to come out and compete. Um, at a high level, 300 plus kids have showed up the last few years, and um, and uh, you know from that group, we're going to take, we're going to select about 100 kids to come back. And by the way, on Saturday, it's registrations from 7:30 to 9. It's at Betty T. Ferguson Field on mm-hmm. 199th, two blocks west of Dolphin Stadium. But mm-hmm. um, you know, the registration seven thirty to nine or you can go on to fasttwitchtraining.com and pre register. It's twenty dollars per participant. They'll get a really nice sponsor by Adidas. So Adidas is giving out the training shirts, the tryout shirts, showcase mm-hmm. shirts. And then from there on Sunday, we'll, we'll select 100 kids from Saturday to come out on Sunday at 1 o'clock to compete uh, for a chance to make our uh, SFE 8 team. But also, we're also on Sunday doing a 15 and under 7-on-7 tryout. So I encourage okay. the 15 and under kids to come out and, uh, and you know, go out and give a shot to be part of our uh, our 15 and under team. Yeah, and which is a great thing. to 9 registry. 7.30 okay. to 9, registration, 9 o'clock start. Yeah, which is a great thing because, you know, sometimes those younger players uh, may not yet be developed enough or maybe a little intimidated going up against some of the uh, senior players sure. uh, that are out there competing. And this is an opportunity for uh, those younger guys to show their wear and, and, and make a team and, and compete just like uh, the big guys of South Florida Express. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. I mean, we're excited about it. Um you know, I see the talent at the high school level coming out, but uh, I, I've heard some, you know, there's some unbelievable talent coming out on Sunday. So we're excited about it. We're excited to uh, have the opportunity to have those kids part of the SFE 8, 15, and under. Actually, it's going to be SFE 115 and under team. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be a lot of fun. You know, Chad, the other thing I want to say is, um, you know, if you're not a player but you're a fan of the sport, I encourage people to come out. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything to be, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to be a spectator. But come out, check it out. It's unbelievable to watch the competition, whether it's the one-on-ones, the seven-on-sevens. We have some great guys, um, former players that come out that, you know, that Dion Bush will be there, Tracy Howard, Duke Johnson. Uh, we have some NFL guys that will be there. And uh, so if you want to meet those guys, they'll be out there. But I encourage people to come out and check it out because it's a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, definitely 
uh, one of the premier events down here in South Florida in the uh, in this thing that they call the off season. That's not really so off, uh, but the <laughs> seven on seven tryouts for South Florida Express. One of the biggest things that goes down here. It's really uh, an event, and you'll see uh, all types of uh, uh, college football recruiting media down here. It's something that they are uh, they make sure that they attend every year. So it's um, it's like you said, not just for the players and and the uh, and the and the family members, fans. If you're a fan of good football, if you're a college football fan, and you want to see some of the best talent in the country, definitely something that you want to do. And Brett, uh, thanks for coming on and and uh, talking to us about South Florida Express seven on seven. Hey, thanks for having me, Chad. Anytime. All right, appreciate it. Uh, Brett Getz. South Florida Express 7-on-7. That's the premier 7-on-7 team in the entire country. The pioneers, the forefathers, all that good stuff. Um, If you know 7-on-7, you know South Florida Express. And, again, they'll be having the tryouts this Saturday and Sunday at Betty T. Ferguson Park, two blocks west of uh, Sun Life Stadium. And uh, registration, again, is from 7.30 to 9 a.m., and uh, they get to competing right after that. And uh, 100 guys will be invited back for Sunday. But you're going to see some really big-time football talent uh, out on the field at Betty T. Ferguson on uh, Saturday and Sunday. So if you've got nothing to do, make plans to attend. And uh, if you're a high school football player, uh, you definitely don't want to miss this event. It is, again, the premier event in uh the off season down here in South Florida. We'll take a break when we get back. Final segment of the Gridiron Stud Show here for Tuesday, January sixth, two thousand and fifteen. Almost got my, almost got my years wrong there. We'll be back right after this. Your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? 
Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs. Do it now! You want to play college football, right? Well, that's not going to happen unless you have a highlight video. And if you want one of the best highlight videos in the country, then visit Under the Radar Highlight Videos right now. They will give you their best. Ten DVDs, affordable, done fast. They'll even remix your highlights or take your huddle highlights and put them on YouTube. And they've worked with some of the best. Deion Sanders Jr., top recruits in the country, Adoree Jackson and Joe Mixon. Current UCLA wide receiver Shaquille Evans. Cordell Brodus, son of Snoop Dogg, as well as top 2013 USC recruit, Stuart Craven. If you want to be seen by the colleges and have the offers rolling in, then you need to contact Under the Radar Highlights right now. Visit them at youtube.com forward slash users UTR Highlight Videos. That's youtube.com forward slash users forward slash UTR Highlight Videos. Get over there, get that video made, and be seen by the colleges now. back for the final segment of the Gridiron Stud Show. Just kind of wrapping things up here. Uh, just had Brett Getz on, owner of South Florida Express 7-on-7 team. Great interview there. I mean, what an, uh, what an amazing thing that has been. And he decided to uh, do a 7-on-7 team and bring together some of the best talent that he was aware of in the South Florida area and uh, go participate in a 7-on-7 tournament. First tryout and team, you end up with 24 kids on the team. Six of those kids are playing professional football. That is a that is a that is an absolutely amazing stat. Because when you look at the stats of how many kids make it, the percentage of kids that make it, you know, playing NFL football, uh, it's it's less than one percent. It might even be less than a half of one percent. And uh, this first South Florida Express team, 25% of the team playing in the NFL. And they've had subsequent teams with uh, NFL players on it. Talking Geno Smith, Teddy Bridgewater, LaMarcus Joyner, Rodney Smith, Josh Evans. I mean, the list is long. I mean, I watched a college football game this year, and you had a South Florida Express member covering another South Florida Express member in a Big Ten battle between Illinois and Wisconsin. Express versus Express right there. Now, Getz talked about Amari Cooper. I mean, he was in New York for the Heisman Trophy presentation. He was a candidate. So the reach for South Florida Express is huge. Uh, Elite 11 winners, Heisman Trophy candidates, Jim Thorpe Award winners, Under Armour All-American MVPs, ton of Under Armour All-American participants, 
ton of Army All-American participants. I mean, one of the guys that went, came up big time in the Army All-American game, uh, Tavares McFadden, ran back a kickoff, had an interception, South Florida Express member. I mean, any way you turn in college football, high school football, and now NFL football, you're seeing a South Florida Express member. I mean, the influence on the game has been absolutely huge. Uh, one of the good things that have come out of what Brett gets started and was a big part of is uh, other teams. Other seven-on-seven teams have developed. And it's given an opportunity to kids who don't necessarily get exposure at their high school. You know, whether you're a quarterback stuck in a system that's not quarterback-friendly or a receiver that's not getting the ball thrown too much or a defensive back that doesn't get a lot of work because teams avoid you or are not able to throw the ball much, you go participate on uh, one of these seven-on-seven teams, and it's an opportunity for you to show the media and uh, college football coaches what you can do. And so as a result, we've got this, I mean, seven-on-seven is a really, really big deal now. Like I said, there's you know a ton of competition just among the South Florida teams, and it gets testy, and it gets... Um, People get riled up, let me say. But at the end of the day, it's tremendous competition. And the kids, the big winners down here, are the prospects from South Florida that participate in 7-on-7. And Brett said it. You know, you're going to have 350 kids come out for a tryout. And uh, if you're picking a team of anywhere from 24, you're going to have 40 kids on a team. That means a ton of kids that are very, very talented are not going to make the team, and they deserve to play 7-on-7, seven seven, and you've got several other 7-on-7 seven seven teams out there that the kid can play for and uh, show their wear and their worth as college football prospects. And college football is much better off for the development of 7-on-7, seven seven, especially in the South Florida area. But 7-on-7 seven seven doesn't just exist in South Florida. It's nationwide. Uh, you have tournaments in IMG in Bradenton, and uh, now you're going to have them in Las Vegas and, and other places. Seven-on-seven seven has turned into a really big deal. Now, I, for one, think perhaps a little bit too much attention is being paid to what goes on in the shorts and shirts because this is a, a game of physicality. It's still that. It's still winning the line of scrimmage, although you'll have some people that will try and draw you away from that and say it's a passing league. It's not that still got to be physical, so it's still about what you do in pads, but there is no denying the impact 7-on-7 is having on recruiting. So we're about to head into the uh, 7-on-7 season, and it gets kicked off with the uh, South Florida Express 7-on-7 showcase coming up on Saturday at Betty T. Ferguson Park in Miami Gardens, two blocks west of Sun Life Stadium. Registration starts at 730 to nine o'clock promises to be a really really strong event loaded with college football media and uh others as well as you know current nfl players and former players for sfe all will be in attendance be a big deal looking forward to it and uh looking forward to this off season man hop on twitter and go find all the college coaching rumors coaches being rumored to go places that they you know don't end up Get ready for that, folks. So that's coming up. Definitely going to be a part of your offseason. Twitter rumors for kids transferring, not only in college, but also high school, 
it is what we know as transfer season down here in South Florida. I don't know how it is everywhere else, but it is transfer season. Kids are going to hop schools. It's uh, school hopping time. They will ride out of town on you and uh, get dressed up in a new uniform next year. It is transfer season. So be on the lookout for that. Okay, uh, you guys will have to stay tuned. Not sure about a Thursday show. Definitely going to have a Friday show. Uh, Amos Calamino and I will be here to break down things with the NFL playoffs and talk college football and the impending inaugural college football playoff championship. We will talk about that, amongst other things, on uh, Friday. But uh, you'll have to stay tuned. Not sure, again, about a Thursday show. So until next time, I want to thank you all for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. Thanks to my loyal listeners that have made this and continue to make this a uh, featured program. A featured program here on Blog Talk Radio. If you love the uh, Gridiron Stud Show, be sure to tell a friend or more listeners the merrier. So until next time, thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day.